This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. I know it has been a minute that you all have had a chance to hear that music, but back by popular demand is the 16th episode of Hanch's How-Tos. And for those of you that are maybe new to this show, Hanch's How-Tos, it's really designed to give quick leadership nuggets that I'm really pulling from recent coaching conversations, consulting meetings, and leadership development groups. You could say that Hanch's How-Tos is kind of a, a practical way of giving advice, and it's some kind of in-the-moment experiences. You know, I have the privilege and, and, and the great opportunity to meet with so many different entrepreneurs and business leaders that are just really out there in the trenches getting it done. And boy, do not only do I learn a lot from it, but I get the opportunity to help guide and coach other leaders. And so I think it's always interesting to share some of those experiences because, quite frankly, if you're listening to this show, you're probably facing some of these same challenges. And so let's get after it today. Let's get after it for the 16th version of Hanch's How-Tos. I, have to, I really only have two nuggets for you today. Um, I don't know where it's going to go exactly, but uh, these two, I think, are going to resonate with some leaders that are listening. And, and the first one that I want to talk about, it, the how-to is for the leader that is about to take on a new team. Clearly, that's not for everybody that's listening, but you can pass this along maybe to a leader that you know that is taking on a new team. This is also going to be uh, purposeful for uh, the brand new leader, uh, the individual contributor that's embarking on leadership for the first time. Whether you're being promoted into a leadership role at your current organization, or maybe you're even taking on a new role at a new organization, here's what I have experienced. The first impression with your team is absolutely critical. I've had so many opportunities to take on new teams throughout my tenure in corporate America. And I, I, some of it I've learned the hard way of what not to do. Uh, but man, I, I kind of got a sense for what works. What, what is, how is the best way to transition into this new role? There is an amazing organization that I do a lot of leadership consulting for. And one of the tasks that I complete for them is helping every single one of their new leaders navigate their first 90 days. And this all stemmed uh, really from the senior leader of this organization listening to a podcast episode that I did with Michael Watkins, who wrote the book, The First 90 Days. This was a book that helped me tremendously. It was given to me by a leader of mine when I was transitioning into a new leadership role, and it has tremendously helped me throughout my tenure. And so this leader was listening to this episode and said, man, you know, we're just not getting this right. Progressive organization, growing, strong need for leadership, and now I've had the opportunity to go in and help these new leaders navigate their first 90 days. These first 90 days are foundational to every new leader in every new leadership role. 
And so I'm meeting with this new leader. I had my first meeting uh, with a leader. They were being hired from the outside in this case. And I had a chance to connect with them prior to them starting on their first day. And I opened the discussion with them the way that I always do. I congratulated them on the new assignment. And then I asked them what they thought they wanted to, to address with their team on the first day. And I asked this question because it gives me a sense of how, where, where is their mindset? How are they thinking? Um, what is their way of thinking? And what are they trying to accomplish? Where is their heart in this? And I got to tell you, I was kind of shocked when they told me that they had prepared a presentation to present to their team. In my mind, I'm thinking, so far, so good. A lot of leaders I meet with haven't even done that. So it was encouraging to hear that they were thinking about it. They wanted it to be a good impression. However, things got a little interesting when I began to view the presentation, and I found that the majority of it was presenting their accolades, the leader's accolades, the trophies that they had won, pictures of themselves at awards dinners and trips that they had won. And although I do believe that there's a space for developing your credibility as a new leader, I'm not sure that your first impression to your new team should be to make the meeting all about you and how amazing that you are. Now, look, the heart of this leader was in the right place. What they were trying to do was to develop credibility to this new team, to try to justify why they're there and why they got the role. But there's a lot to do in the first 90 days. And it's very important that, that if you're a leader and you're early in this process, that you make it about the team and not about you. Nobody really cares. Now look, do, is, is there a time for credibility? Is there a time to talk about your experiences? Absolutely, but surely not day one. And this is something that you're going to have to organically weave into the conversation versus giving a launch rollout presentation about how amazing that you are. Too often new managers step into a new role and make a poor first impression by going way too far talking about their own backgrounds and their own achievements. Resist the urge to do this and, and resist the urge to make yourself the, the focal point of this first meeting. I recommend pulling your team together for a town hall style meeting. This has been the best experience for me. Whether it's on a conference call, a Zoom meeting, uh, in person's even better. But I recommend pulling everybody together for a town hall style meeting. Now, clearly, you're going to want to get to one-on-one -on -one conversations as quickly as you possibly can, but this is a great way to introduce yourself and get some branding going and give them a sense for who you are and what your style is. So you get this meeting together, and after a very brief introduction, ask questions designed to help you better understand the team's culture. Ask questions like, what are you all proud of that this group does particularly well? What have been the major accomplishments that you all are, are excited about over the last 12 months? What are the current goals that you all have established for this team? What are the activities that you would like to pursue that you haven't found the time for? And this one I love. What do you think we should stop doing? New teams love this question. Think about these questions. Go ahead, rewind just really quickly on this. And think about these questions. Don't these questions tell the team that you're making things about them? That you have a genuine interest to understand where are they coming from? Where are they currently? And where would they like to go? 
And when you put the cherry on top with that question, what do you think we should stop doing? Oh my gosh, this conversation may have no end because they're like, oh my gosh, I thought you'd never ask. You know, this status report that we send every Friday at five o'clock, it takes me three hours to do it. Nobody ever reads it. Go on down the list. You can become a hero really quickly by taking things off of their plate that aren't adding any value. So think about the questions that you're going to ask. Here's the great things about questions for a new leader is they tell your team that you're here to learn. It shows a level of empathy versus I'm the new sheriff in town and we're going to do things my way. That's going to be very short-lived and it's surely not sustainable. You want to be a leader going into a new role that is really soliciting input. And this might take a bit of courage, but the feedback you gain will say a lot about your team's situation and what their needs are. Ask questions like, at the, at the end of my time as a leader of this group, what would you like to say that I did? This is real solicitation of feedback. It is also very thought-provoking. It gives you an idea of what are their expectations of you? What are they looking to get out of this from you? This is a great question that will help your team members focus on identifying developmental and organizational needs. When you're hearing this feedback, listen intently and take notes. Resist the temptation to comment or judge. Give affirming feedback so that they know that you're hearing, but don't try to fix anything early, especially in the first 30 days. Early in your tenure, it's very important that you make it about the team and be an amazing listener. Not only does this establish rapport, but it's going to help you shift from information gathering to building the strategy. I want to challenge you to go back and listen to the first 90 days uh, episode that I did with the best-selling author, Michael Watkins. He lays out a really great outline for a leader that's going into their first 90 days. And by all means, if you do not have that book in your library, this is a must read book. Number two, number two nugget for Hanch's How To 16. Don't allow yourself to become a reactive leader. <clears throat> Boy, this is a big one. I have fallen victim to this many, many times myself. I recently had a senior leader call me just a few months back, and they had stated that they wanted me to help them with time management and productivity. And I begin going down my normal assessment of questions to make sure it's a fit for me and a fit for them. And I, I agreed to take this on because this was a leader that I knew had passion and that I knew wanted to do the right things. And I really believed that they had the potential to improve. After only a couple of weeks and a couple of discussions and assessments and being around their team a little bit, a little bit I, I realized that the source of their exhaustion was a reactive leadership approach versus a proactive leadership approach. It's so important as leaders that we understand that we need to be proactive, not just reactive. And if you're a leader that's listening and you find yourself spending all of your time just putting out fires, then you're not using your time effectively. And I get it. You might be listening and saying, Jeff, but you don't understand my situation. It just seems in my world, it is one thing after the next. Welcome to leadership. Like this is never going to go away. You are built for the fire. But being proactive is going to minimize some of this damage. Proactive leaders, 
what when you become a great proactive leader, what you're doing is creating an influence on the future and, and you are forming the right alliances to advance the cause. Alliances are important. Who you have around you. How can who you have around you help you become more proactive? Of course, you should make sure that your group is getting all the answers and resources that they need in the moment, but you can't do that at the sake of ignoring the future. There is a time for reactive, and this is usually in crisis situation. Sometimes in crisis situation, reactive management is necessary, but it creates problems within your organization when, when reactive leadership becomes the norm. So, so how do we become more proactive in our leadership? Well, the first thing is, I would tell you, and there's novels of books written on this, but I'll give you a couple of things. The first thing is, seek the root of the problems. So often, we, we find that leaders are just bailing water out of the boat instead of plugging the hole. Do you ever feel like that at the end of the day, where you look back and you're like, I am so exhausted, and I feel like there was no end to the madness today? You probably have. I know I have many, many times. And the thought is, is that it will take longer to repair the hole in the boat than to just keep bailing the water. It sounds silly when you hear it, but I would bet if you look hard enough, you will find these opportunities for yourself as well. The second thing I would tell you in becoming a more proactive leader, this is another one of those Mr. Obvious moments, the thing is be diligent in your planning. And it sounds so reasonable to say, plan ahead, create strategy. But if you really look at a day in the life, look at a week in your life, are you truly taking dedicated time to get out of the chaos and literally sit with your thoughts and think and plan and strategize? I will tell you, the majority of leaders do not do this. Every leader knows it's important, but very few execute. Why is that? Well, Jeff, there's just too much to do. I got so much going on. Isn't that really what you're saying is, is that you're bailing water out of a boat with a hole in it? That's exactly what you're doing. Abraham Lincoln once said, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. Doesn't this paint a really great picture of, of what that looks like? I know I have this tree to chop down. I have a dull ax. I'm just going to start hammering away on the thing. No, I'm going to prepare so that I don't have to use six hours of my time wailing away at the tree. I'm going to make this axe as sharp as it possibly can so that the two hours I spend in physical labor, it's not going to be as, as daunting. It's not going to be as painful. This paints a great picture. So often as leaders, we fail to plan. Why? We're too busy. I am just too busy to plan. And I'm here to suggest to you that you are too busy because you are failing to plan. There is a difference between preventing problems and correcting problems. And one of my highest recommendations is to create a SWOT analysis with your team. SWOT, if you're not familiar with it, it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Almost everybody in the business world is aware of the SWOT analysis. But here's the question. When's the last time that you actually went through the exercise? This is a tremendous exercise to whiteboard with your team. The SWOT analysis can be a tremendous way to figure out where does your team stand 
and its possible future endeavors and ways to change and improve. This, this usually results in creating great strategies to prevent issues, but it also allows you to capitalize in areas that you may be missing out. Because as a leader, we're flying. We should be flying at 50,000 feet. And sometimes we miss things at the granular level as it relates to SWAT. If you're not familiar with this process, be sure to Google it and get started with your team right away. Not only is this a great way to become a proactive leader, but it creates a culture of being proactive on your team. Not to mention, it's a tremendous engagement exercise. You pull, I'm not saying pull your entire team in, but pull people in that you think would see this as valuable and would give valuable feedback, transparent feedback, and that you know they have the best interest of moving forward. This is going to tell them, I have a voice. I have a seat at the table, and I'm going to be a part of making change. This is a great way to endear and engage the people on your team and let them know they have a voice and that you listen. If you don't have time for this, if you say to yourself, Jeff, I've heard of SWAT. I've never really done one. It seems kind of clunky. I don't want to look silly in front of my team, but I see value in it. If you're in need of some assistance to run through this uh, analysis, with your team, with your entire organization, someone from our team would be happy to help. And if that's you, be sure to email us at jeff at jeffhancher.com with the subject line SWOT, S-W-O-T. And we will provide you a a free 30-minute evaluation to show you how we can implement this with your team. Our team of leaders does this consistently. I'm not even here to tell you that people ask us to do it, but I am here to tell you that when we see these leaders reaching points of exhaustion, they're becoming reactive, they're becoming uh, the, the person that's putting out fires all the time. I tell my team all the time, when you're going into an organization, if this has not been done, it's something that has to be done very early so that we can diagnose. If you need help with that, we would love the opportunity to do it for you. Well, that's it. That's it for Hanch's How-To's 16. I appreciate you all joining in today. Hey, be sure if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to the show. Give it a rating. Give it a quick review. Tell somebody about it. This really helps us get this information into more hands. Really, that's the heart that I have around leadership. And it's very fulfilling to know that we can say something, do something, bring some leaders on a journey to help them reach their fullest potential. By doing this, you're helping us get this message out and I would be tremendously grateful for it. Make sure you continue to execute on what you learn around the show and what you're consuming. Surround yourself with people that have been where you want to go and never forget that you have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead, inspire, win.